You're listening to the Choose to Be podcast with host Alana Gordon and Amy Wolsey. As you join us each week, we will provide you with tools, resources, and knowledge to help you navigate your healing journey. Choose recovery, choose healing, choose you. Welcome to the Choose to Be podcast. I am so excited to be here today. This episode is probably going to be one of my absolute favorites ever because I have two of my absolute favorite women here with me. So Alana and I have with us two guests, Janine and Jory, and these incredible women have been working with me as my clients for, I think we just established over a year and a half, maybe a year and a half. And the reason why I asked these two women to join us today is because when they started working with me, they were in the middle of their journey through trauma and healing. They have worked through all of the aspects of that healing and what that looks like all the way to the point where both of these women are engaged and getting married again. And I am hoping that this becomes an episode of hope for you women out there listening who are maybe in this place where you think it is absolutely not possible to ever have this happen to me. And that is where these two women have been. And so I want to hear their stories and their journey to hopefully give you an idea of, of the work. Oh my gosh, the work that these women did. I just am honored to know them and be a part of their journey. So welcome ladies. Thank you for being brave and joining me today. So Jeanine, I'm going to start with you. Just tell us a little bit about you, your journey, and really where you were when we first met. So I was at a place where I just needed a little bit more help to know what I needed to do in my life to get to a place where I wanted to date again. I was at a place where I could care less. Men, I wasn't interested. I even could care less if I ever had sex again. I didn't even want it in my life. And um, my voice isn't always this low. I have a little cold, sorry, but it might be sexy. Who knows? (laughs) So I've just been able to see where the Lord has been put in my life. And through a series of different details, I I happened upon Amy and they said, why don't you just listen to her podcast and, or not her podcast, but her webinar and see if maybe it's something she can help you with. And so I listened to her and I called them right back and said, yeah, her story is so much like mine. It was crazy. And um, when we met, I just felt like there was an instant connection. And part of that is because of some of the things that Amy went through. I felt like she had gone through those things, uh, worked really hard to get there and then found somebody who was and healthy. And I'm like, that's what I want. Show me what to do. I need to do that. And I'll do whatever it takes because I spent 30 years, 29 years in a marriage that I found all kinds of things later on that just were really hard. My spouse had an addiction problem with opiates. And then after we were divorced, found out there was some sexual abuse as well. But through going through a couple different things with Amy, as well as some of the classes she offers, There were just things that came up that I had no idea. And I just turned 55 last week. And there were things that I didn't even know what was healthy in a relationship. And I'm finding it out now. And just more information that I got, I just wanted more. I wanted to know what healthy looked like. And as I started to date, she had actually given me a goal. Go ahead and get on social media, get on these 
apps and go ahead and swipe down. Like enjoy that. Nope, not for me. Nope, not for me. It gave me so much power. I loved it. And I didn't, there wasn't anybody that I reached out to because none of them had, after I had figured out what I wanted, none of them appealed to me where they had appealed to me before. I had just come around to a spot in my life where I knew what I wanted. I knew who I was for the first time in my life after 50 years. I was pleasing everybody else in my life and not worrying about who I was. And I gained my worth from all the different things I was doing in my life. If I did this for my kids, I was a good mom. If I did this as a teacher, I was a good teacher. And all this external stuff that determined whether I was a good enough person. And I learned to be able to let that go and know who I truly was in my heavenly father's eyes, that I had infinite worth and that nothing was ever going to change that no matter what happened or what has happened to me in the past. And as I started to live that way and do self-care and understand who I was and what I wanted, I changed to be able to be ready for somebody who was healthy. My friends now laugh at me when my my boyfriend does these things that are so normal to them, but I'm like, you're not going to believe this. He just did this thing. And they're like, yeah, Janine, that's called normal. And I'm like, no, but no, really, he did this. And, and they're like, yeah, we know that's called normal. And I'm like, they just think it's funny. It's just how I get so excited about normal people and just him, yeah. you know, and it, it's just been a wonderful process of enlightenment for me and having control over the things that I can control and being able to say what I want and being okay to be by myself. Like, I don't need a man. I, I want this one because I feel that we're good together. I don't, he doesn't make me happy. I make myself happy, but together we're on that journey of happiness together. And I see the difference now of life in general. I can't change people. And believe me, I tried for many, many years for my spouse to change. I did everything to the detriment of my own well-being and my own progression that I stopped growing because I was so worried about him. If he could just, I could just fix him, then I'll, you know, worry about myself later. And people told me that, but I didn't believe him. And, and it's so true. So I just, it's just been a wonderful experience to be able to find out who I am and know what I want and be able to ask for it. And if somebody isn't willing to give that for me, then they're not supposed to be in my life. And I can go through things, hard things easier. I've learned to go through them rather than to just suppress them and try not to deal with them. Even if it's a couple of days of really bad days, I feel so much better when I'm on the other side because I feel it. I own my feelings. And if I'm angry, that's okay. I can be angry, but I own that I'm angry. And then I move on. If I'm sad, then I'm going to be sad and that's okay. I have a right to change my mind. And um, that's what one thing Bevan always says, you have a right to change your mind. It's always okay. And just, and that's one of those things I'm like, wait, what did you just say? And he's like, yeah, you can change your mind. It's okay. And I, I freak out because that's, I guess that's <laughs> normal, but I'm not used to normal, right? Yes, it is Always normal. learning these wonderful things. So yes, I, it is normal. It's just been a great journey. It really has. It's funny, Janine, listening to you because there's so many things as I'm listening to you talk, I want to be like, Ooh, we got to slow that down. Ooh, we got to slow that down so we can dive into this. And 
obviously, Jory, we want to get to you and hear a little bit about you, but I just want to highlight super fast where you said that you found somebody who was further on the path, who was happy and healthy. And that was very appealing to you. And I just want to highlight that there are so many women out there who feel stuck and don't know where to go or who to trust. And so finding other people who have what you want and going and learning from them is so wonderful. And the other thing you said is how you explain that you getting yourself healthy was trickling into all of your relationships, Mm -hmm. not just your dating relationships, but it began with you. And then it went to all of them. And I just love that so much. And that right there is the reason why we do the work. We do the work for us and we do it for all of our relationships. So I just, I love hearing everything that you just shared. Okay. Jory, I would love for you to share with us your story where you were at when you and I started working together. Okay. Well, I, I was in a, I, I was, I wouldn't say I was bitter towards men. I tried really hard to not be bitter, but I did not trust men. And I also didn't trust myself. I was not looking to date at all. Someone shared that you were doing a dating after divorce and they knew I was divorced. I was the divorce friend. So they sent it to me. And I remember I was really on a journey of finding myself at that time and figuring out how to be healthy and who I was actually. And I remember it struck me as something I could do towards becoming healthy, but the whole dating thing, I was like, heck no. (laughs) And I remember for some reason though, I was, I knew I needed to reach out to you. So I did. And you specifically said that it was for people who were just even thinking about it, even in inkling in preparation for that moment, because I, I was like nowhere close to that. And I really wasn't at that time. I really wasn't ready. I was still figuring out who I was because I had completely lost myself in my marriage. Um, you know, it was 25, about 25 year marriage for kids. I had lost myself 100%. In fact, I honestly don't think I ever knew who I was. I think I was who my parents wanted me to be. And then I was who my husband wanted me to be, who my kids needed. I I'd never figured it out. And I have to admit that it was really fun figuring it out and it was exciting. And so I was slowly falling in love with myself. It's exactly what I was doing. And I remember dating myself and I, and it's something that you had talked about in the course. It was just something that really struck me. And it was fun doing this with my daughters who were a dating age to be like, Hey guys, this is how you should date. It was, <laughs> it was very interesting. I wasn't even dating yet, but anyway, I was trying, but it was just a really getting to know me and taking myself out. And it was fun. It was really fun. So then I got in a little bit more with you and took some more classes and then even started like more coaching. And I remember like, I think you knew that I was ready. Like, you know, it was like the next step. And I, it, the thought literally of day, it made me physically sick. I wanted to like, no, seriously, I will attest to that. You were like in a vomit. (laughs) Oh, 100% like the thought of a guy even touching me or kid. Oh, oh, that's so funny now because I can't get off of, (laughs) sorry, you might, anyway, so 
So I, yeah, I, I said, Heavenly Father is going to stick this man on my doorstep with a ribbon that says to Jory, here is your eternal companion. He is the one he will not do. Like I needed written comp, like I needed it written out and you just laughed. Like, yeah, you just laughed. But I remember the first thing that you had me do or that we did was I wrote down or really went into what I wanted to get out of dating. And, and that was so helpful to me because then I could go back, fall back on that when things didn't go well, because there's the 50%, 50%. And sometimes that 50% negative would come and I'd be like, what the heck am I doing? Like, why am I doing this? But it was my why and why I did it was I wanted to continue to know me. And this was just another part of the process of figuring out me and figuring out a healthy me and what made me happy. And I wanted to have fun and I wanted to learn new things. Yeah, you said it. Yeah, said I, I wanted to have yes, adventure. Oh, it was quite the adventure too, wasn't it? Oh, wow. <laughs> but yeah, no, but that's what I wanted. I, so I had to very, stay very focused because I didn't want to lose like the, the path I was on and what I was becoming and what I was looking for. I didn't want to go back to that person who was pleasing and trying to make others happy. And so I really did. I, I stayed focused on that. And there was times when it was hard, but I found adventure, <laughs> a lot of adventure <laughs> for sure. And another thing that really struck me is that I learned, even if it was in the 50% negative, I could use it for myself to grow. And I love that. I love to grow and get healthy and figure out new things. And so even when it was like an experience where I was like, that was terrible. Like I just, that was just... It, I still could grow and I could still say, okay, this isn't for me. That this specifically is not for me. Dang, that feels good to know that and mark that off the list. Like, mm, nope. And it was like, I know Janine said something about swiping down. Like that was huge to me. I was raised a pleaser and you did not say no to people. And I remember the first time you gave me my bill of rights, I could say no, and I could change my mind. I was like, what is this world? And what have I just discovered? <laughs> So like swiping down was very empowering or having a conversation and being like, Ooh, like trusting my gut and being like, this is, this is weird or to, to really go with it. And it, it was so empowering and almost just freeing to me to, to see that I could put in motion the things I had been learning. I could finally apply it to things and situations. So it was very it was, <laughs> there was times when I can't believe I'm doing this still. Like, it's weird when you swipe up and down on people. Let's just admit it's just weird, but it was, it was also an adventure and it was fun and it was definitely a learning growing time. And it's funny, the funny thing is I didn't meet my fiance on that swipe up or down app. He was, <laughs> but I learned a lot from it. <laughs> he was someone I'd gone to high school with, but yeah, I was afraid of not knowing how will I know? How will I know? How will I trust someone again? And the thing is, I trusted myself. And as I became healthy, then I was naturally attracted to healthy. And I was naturally like, that's what I wanted to be around. And funny thing is, I kind of chased off the guys that weren't healthy. They didn't really want a lot to do with me. I scared them. And I liked that. It was really nice. So yeah, he didn't get scared off and he actually was like embracing it and wanted more and hear more and do more. And I was like, oh wait, this feels good. This is nice. Yeah. This is healthy. And this is, wow, it's mind blowing. So 
Janine's nodding too. Like, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, a lot of, lot of similarities. It's just been really amazing to watch. It's been really amazing to watch the journey. I am just in awe of the two of you. I've never met either of you before recording this podcast and I'm sitting here just, I wish this was one of those podcasts that you weren't just listening to. You could see us all sitting here kind of in a circle, like we're around the table and you're part of this conversation, but there's so many healthy things that I'm hearing from your stories. And like, I I feel almost like this proud mother of hearing women who get to this place of, I know what healthy looks like for me. I trust myself and the healthier you get hundred percent unhealthy people feel very uncomfortable with healthy people. And so the healthier that the more that you're doing your work, naturally, those are the people that you draw into your life. And so I just, I am loving this. And I hope that as you're listening to this and you're listening to Janine and Jory, that you really pay attention to them and what's working because you're listening to two women who are putting in the work and, and really having results. Doesn't mean life is perfect, right? We still have the 50% good, 50% bad. And Jory, I love that you said that you said that you basically take the good and the bad and you find how to grow out of both of those. And that right there, that is one of the keys to really having peace and contentment and growth your entire life. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So here's where I'd like to take this. I would love to know let's back it up a little bit. And I would love to know from each of you why you weren't ready. And like, what fears did you have about being single and maybe even dating again? I I know at some point you guys will say, I'm not dating. I'm doing that. But just take me back to why you weren't ready. What, what those fears and insecurities might be to help our listeners maybe identify. I think I was afraid of making the mistake again drawing in the same person. And as long as I thought that, I felt I wasn't in the right place. It wasn't until I knew personally that I had changed and I knew what was healthy and what was okay and not okay in a relationship. Then I felt like maybe I was ready to move on. And because I had this kind of like checklist in my mind of what I wanted in a man and a husband even though I had those checklists, I never picked that. So something was not working with what my thoughts and my actions were doing. And I recognized that as a, I don't know, problem or whatever you want to call it, but something I needed to work on. And until I worked on it enough where I could realize what was healthy and want that for myself first, that I was healthy then I didn't feel like it was worth dating until I knew I was centered more. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Love it. Jory, what about you? I think it's a very similar to Janine. I had to trust myself and I didn't realize I had to trust myself because my thing was, I cannot trust somebody else. Like, how do I know someone's not going to do this again? And, and I learned that I, I, there's no guarantees and I had to trust me. And I didn't trust me. So again, it was having the confidence in myself and knowing that I was strong enough to do it. If I had, no matter what I had to do, no matter how 
what I had to go through, I could do it. I was strong enough and I was healthy enough. And I, tr- I just truly trusted myself. So I think that, that was empowering. I love that. It's so beautiful to, you know, cause I noticed that a lot women come in and they want to even whether they don't want to date again or they want to date again. And I know Lana, you see this too with your clients, but it's like the focus is outside their bubble. Like I call it, right. The focus is on the other person or the future, something that they can't control. And as I've watched each of you and, and other of my clients come back into what they have control and power over and build that worth and that value and that trust and that self-love and loving yourself fiercely. It is so incredible to watch how that takes care of all those other things that you're, that you're worried about. It's, it's such a beautiful transition to be a witness of. So then tell me what was the shift for each of you that was there just that one thing where all of a sudden it just clicked and you're like, okay, can, I'm, I can do this. Or was it more natural? I think it was, it was kind of, I had Amy in my, like you have the little angel or Satan on your front in your shoulder. I had Amy and she was like, it, you were kind of like pushing me and you never made me do something I wasn't good with, but, but you were, you would say, you asked me a lot of questions and I would have a lot of really honest conversations with myself. And honestly, I, I think I could have found ways of avoiding it for I don't know if I ever would have done it. I was comfortable, honestly. I was happy and comfortable being on my own. So it was good for me though. I honestly went into it as an adventure and not looking to be completed or any of those things. So it just enhanced my life when I did find that person. So I don't know if I would have done I it without- I just wanted on. Was I on the double side? <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just say you're like my cheerleader, okay? I don't know, Jory, does Amy does, I don't know if Amy does these in your coaching things, but she'll, she gets a little like face, you know, I can see, you'll be saying something and she'll go, all right, go with me on this one. And she says that. And I'm like, okay, here it comes, but it's always a good ending, right? It's always the something of her noticing something that I haven't noticed and then bringing it kind of to the forefront and going, hadn't thought about it like that. Can I give that one instance of people doing what they're supposed to be doing, Amy? Oh, Would that be gosh. okay? Yeah. <laughs> oh, this one's crazy. You hated me for this one. I, yeah, her. this one, I wasn't very happy with her. This was towards the beginning of when I was pretty much open for anything. And I, I, I just wanted to heal. I wanted to get healthy. I wanted just to, and that my end goal was not to find somebody. It was just to get healthy and move on and just get to a certain place and know me. So when I filed divorce, my in-laws unfortunately kind of shunned me and they, that was the end of it. And it really hurt me because I am a only child. And when I married into that family, it was very, very family oriented. There was lots of family. My family would come to Christmas and things like that when my um, ex was on his mission. And we were just a really close, tight knit family. And they were there throughout the addiction and knew all of the things that were going through. But when it just wasn't working anymore and I felt like it was time to go. They turned their kind of turned their back on me and it really hurt. And fast forward a couple of years and I kind of harbored that for a long time. Fast forward a couple of years and my son's getting married and I know they're all going to be there. And I just said, I don't want to be there, but I need to be there for my son. And I got to figure out a way to get through this. And so we did a lot of thought work and she said, what if they were doing what they were supposed to be doing? And I said, what treat me like that? That's no, 
I didn't deserve that. That's not. And I totally pushed back to her. And it was, I was really upset thinking I'm paying you for this. I mean, seriously, you're telling me that they did what they were supposed to be doing. I was kind of mad. And she said, just go with me for a second. There's that word, right? <laughs> just, just listen to me for just a second. And I said, okay, go ahead. And she said, would you, sounds to me like they were the people that helped you throughout the whole thing. And I said, yes. And she said, what if they would have helped you? Would you maybe have gone back? Because I said to her several times, it would just be so much easier if I just go back, everybody will be happy, obviously, except for me. And she said, would you have gone back if they would have helped you? And I said, probably. And she said, then maybe this was the thing that they needed to do to get you away from a toxic situation. And I immediately just started to cry because mm -hmm. I could not believe which, what the epiphany that I got. And it was so true. And that was my pivotal moment of knowing I could go on and I didn't need them to fix anything. I needed to leave because it was time to leave and I needed to go on my journey. And that helped me for that going to my son's marriage. I went with a different mindset thinking I can enjoy this wedding for my son. I don't need to harbor that anymore. They, because they did that, I wanted to be almost thankful, crazy from one, one thing to the other, to be able to go to the next level of healing that I needed to go to. Cause I harbored that and it still hurts a little bit, but I have a better understanding of how I could get through that. And that day ended up being a beautiful day for my son and his, and his bride. And I still look on it fondly and there were no hard feelings. There was nothing. It was just a beautiful day because I was able to think of it in a different way and know that they were all part of the plan for me to move on and be where I am today. I love that story. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. She was not happy with me. <laughs> I love it so much. Okay. Alana, do you have anything to add or do you want to bring up something for have them talk about? Well, one thing that both of you mentioned was knowing yourself and losing yourself after all of these years in a marriage. And I think that can happen anyway in a marriage, but especially when you have a toxic relationship, then you absolutely can lose yourself. And so what I'm really curious about is as you're dating and as you're dating yourself and getting to know yourself, how did you really start to build up that self-trust? Because that's a question that comes up all the time in groups with individual clients is that like, how do I build self-trust for me? For me, it was a lot of practice, honestly. And it was a lot of honest conversations with myself and really getting curious about why I reacted a certain way or why I felt a certain way and giving myself space to feel those. Some of them could be some pretty intense feelings that I didn't want to feel and letting myself do it. And then the more I did that and showed myself compassion and just love the same one I would have given to my little kids is what I did for myself. And as I did that, I, it was like a slow process of lots of practice and baby steps towards it of trusting myself again. And I think as I slowly started to, then it was like a snowball effect where it felt good and it felt right. And so I just kind of naturally progressed more and more towards it. 
So. Yeah, that's so beautiful. So empowering. I think for me, the term of trusting your gut, I always had those gut feelings, but for whatever reason, the way I used to be, I used to just discount those. I used to say, oh, you're just over exaggerating. You're thinking it's, you're overthinking it. It's not that big of a deal. I was told that a lot from different people, including, you know, in the marriage and things like that. And so I learned to believe that. And so when I would take my gut and actually try to trust it and see what outcome I got on the smaller things before I did a big major things, but just on little small things, should I even, you know, get on this site and do my profile? Yeah, I think I should, but then I'm just going to see how it goes. And if I don't like it, then I'm not going to do it. Or even at things at work, if I didn't uh, feel I could do something because it was um, too time crunched or I couldn't get, instead of just saying yes, my gut would say, maybe you shouldn't do it. I would start to trust that and not do it. And so it just wasn't in relationships. Like I said, it would be, it would funnel in through my whole life. So things all around me, I started to use it, trusting my gut in all different situations. And the more I tried to do that, the more trust I gained in myself that I really did know what I should do and what I shouldn't do. And so I, I just was able to punch into all different aspects of my life. And as I did that, I gained more confidence in myself and I started to trust myself continually as I just kept doing that. I love that I'm hearing from both of you, this process of it takes time. It takes practice putting those things into place. And it's so interesting that multiple people will tell us that our gut is wrong or our gut is off, or this is what you should do. That's one big thing. Like in my groups is I'm like, we don't give advice. We may challenge and say, Hey, have you thought about this? Have you thought about this? But it always has to come back to our own gut. What is our body saying? What is our spirit saying? What is our intuition saying? And letting that be the loudest voice. But even I, I just, I see so many women who will go to everyone else. Okay. Tell me what to do. What should I do here? What should I do here? And as long as we're constantly doing that, we will always be spinning to some degree because we're not getting grounded in our own truth. And so I just, I love listening to how the two of you just laid that out. And so for our listeners, please give yourself time and really practice, practice, practice having that love and self-compassion as you begin to trust your gut. Yeah. So empowering. Okay. I want to talk a little bit, go to the dating portion. Okay. So we've got women that are in this place where they're just deathly afraid of dating, but they're like, I'm ready, but I'm not ready. I'm ready, but I'm not ready. Okay. They're in that place. So I want to know from each of you, what was, I know you've mentioned a little bit, like Jory, you're, you just decided that you would start with your why and create that way. But tell us a little bit more about that process of going from the place of, uh, to, okay, swipe <laughs> or make a profile for crying out loud. Oh my gosh. That was the best walking through just the profile part with both y'all. But so just, so just walk us through that portion of it. Profile. Okay. All I, I, okay. The profile felt so wrong to me because I'd been working on trying to be healthy and, and loving myself for not what I looked like or what I, 
all these things like a list and here I was doing the same thing and then expecting people to like look at me the same way so that was really hard for me it was a very different uh, way of doing it but on <laughs> honestly it would probably be getting my girls to help me they were kind of excited to make a profile for mom and they gave me the courage they loved going through and, and looking at other guides and swiping up or down. So for a long time, I didn't even swipe. It was, oh gosh, people can hear this. It was my girls. <laughs> and so, so that's, it. that kind of gave me a confidence and I was scared out of my mind to do that. It scared me, it intimidated me. I, for some reason you have this false idea that everyone on there has it together, which yeah, no. But that's what you think, and they know what they're doing. And I felt so, I kept thinking, oh, I haven't dated in so long. This, guess what? No one on there has. Is this foreign as heck to all of these people? So it kind of made it into a fun game, honestly, where the girls got together and swiped up and down on guys. And then I got more confident and started talking to guys and realizing that these were people on the other end. It was just the same thing as, as doing is, is talking to people. And that's what I learned really in my journey is I love connecting to people. I love connection with people. That's what drives me. That's what gives me passion. And so I was like, oh, this is kind of fun. I get to have this connection with all kinds of different people. Some I never want to have a connection with again, but dang, this is fun. This is a fun way of figuring this out. So yeah, that's how I did it. <laughs> so awesome. I love it. Janine, what about you? For me, more empowering just to swipe down and the the profile was a little much and I never actually went out with anybody on the the swipe so it was a little bit different for me I had known my boyfriend a year prior but I stopped the relationship because I wasn't ready I, I knew I wasn't and I didn't want to be in a place where I was going to make the same mistake and I could tell I wasn't there so I broke it off and said I just want to be friends and through that relationship for us, we just were friends and we were just talking it like friends. He knew my whole backstory. I knew his backstory and he knew all the, the good, the bad and the ugly and still wanted to hang out with me. And we were still good friends. And I felt like I could just open up to him because there wasn't any pressure of dating at this time because I didn't want it. And he knew I didn't. And, but then we'd still keep in touch here and there. And after I kind of got to a point where I was like, okay, I think I'm ready to date. And he'd always been in my mind. And I kept looking a little closer thinking, well, why don't I see if there's something going on here that I've already made this relationship with as a friend and been vulnerable with, let's just see. And so I opened up to him and I said, I would like to see if there's something that where this would go or something. And his words to me were, that's great, but I'm dating somebody. And I went, of course you are. <laughs> and I said, you know what? Go ahead and figure that out. Like knock yourself out, go figure out because I don't want you to have the woulda, shoulda, coulda. And in the meantime, I'm here, but I'm not going to commit to holding hands, kissing, knowing your family. I'm not doing that, but I'm happy to go out with you. And so we did that for a little while, like a couple of weeks. And then he came to me and said, Hey, would you be interested in going to dinner with my sister and brother? And I'm like, no, because you're dating somebody else. And he goes, yeah, well, I'm not, I want to see where this goes. And I said, okay, well, let's go. <laughs> and we went out and the rest is history. It just grew from there. And there were things that we talked about that were really hard. And 
couple things that he let me know about his personal life and it shook me a little bit, but the fact that he was healthy to tell me about it, knowing he might lose me was the pivotal point for us is when I knew that he was somebody I wanted to stick with. And that honestly, at that point, that's when I fell in love with him. It was just an interesting process for us. And he's still there always. I mean, if I have a trigger, he, I even offered for him to listen to a podcast on triggers that Luke gave and know how he helps you, Alana, and how the spouse can help. And he said he would, and I didn't even follow up. I was like, he's going to, and the next day he said, Hey, by the way, I listened to that. It was really interesting. That kind of helped me understand. And I was like, wait, what? (laughs) You listen to it. And you're like taking ideas from it. I just, this is what I'm talking about. So that's when I knew I could risk the vulnerability and I knew I was going to be okay. If it didn't work out, I would be fine by myself and I knew I could, it would be all right. And that was when I knew that I was okay with who I was and that I could continue dating if I needed to, even though I hoped it would turn into something with us. And it ended up doing that. So there you go. So beautiful. So beautiful. I love it. I've seen with a lot of women who are dating after a divorce, the first time when they're in a relationship with a healthy man, that brings up some unique anxieties that they aren't prepared for. So I would love to hear that piece of it too, as you're talking about this. So recognizing healthy to me was, I wasn't the one doing all the pushing or pulling, or I had people like Janine mentioned, like he listened to a podcast, like she didn't have to like force feed it to him. That's amazing. But they also challenged me to be better. Love that. So my fiance, he challenges me to be better. And that it, it excites me. It is great to have the conversations where we're both vulnerable and open and, and nothing is like off limits. Dang, that is exciting. That is that's healthy. And it's scary as all get out. Like there's times where I feel like there's those conversations you have to have in the beginning where we would come out and I felt like I'd been in a fight, like massive. My shoulders were tight the next day. And I was sore because we had to discuss some freaking scary things and vulnerable and dang, it was scary as it, but the connection was in just intense and nothing like it, but he's always willing to meet me or, or encourage me, which is huge. I've never had that. But then also that anxiety thing you're talking about, that's an anxiety thing. All of a sudden I uh, have to really have my own worth instead of getting it from being the one who's always one step ahead, (laughs) which I didn't realize there's a part of me that had gotten a lot of like my self-worth came from being the good girl or the one who was always doing it right, which is not how I want to be. I didn't want that. And so it, again, it's challenging me to do better, be better. And those anxieties are like, I get curious with them. And, but that's one of them that come, comes up a lot with being in a healthy relationship is doubting my place. Cause I have to refigure it out. Some of the anxieties that I've felt where I can feel myself pulling away because I'm like, it can't be what it really is. Like I'm ready for like a shoe to drop at the beginning, not so much anymore, but, or I don't deserve this relationship because I'm still, I still, my brain wants to go to the old me and tell me that you, you didn't do enough in the last one that 
so if this goes bad, then you, it's the same kind of thing. My brain just starts playing with my emotions and making me feel like, do you really want to do this? Because you know what happened last time. Mm-hmm. And so I'm finding myself retraining myself and saying, no, I got this. I mean, what evidence is there showing me that X, Y, Z that you're offering me is there nothing at all. And, um, the fact that we both came from a marriage that was lacking in communication, we both had talked about that. We did not want that to be something we did again. And because of that, we are talking about things that we would have never talked about before with our, with each other. And that's very vulnerable because, but we're at a point now that we've done it enough that we know we can trust each other and that we know it might be uncomfortable. It might be a little weird or off-putting, but we've had enough experiences with each other that it always ends up being a good feeling at the end. Now we might not agree and that's okay, but it's not like it's my way or the highway. It's like, okay, I understand where you're coming from. I understand. It's like, we've been heard. And that's one thing that I have noticed in a healthy relationship is that I feel heard and I feel valued on what I say. And I've just, I've learned to really like Jory was saying, and Amy says all the time, get curious with your thoughts, right? Why is it that you're thinking this? What feelings are are coming up with this? And be curious about that. I think understanding not just what is healthy, but then acting it out and, and really living it and not just saying it's healthy, but really understanding it and recognizing it. And I tell him, I'm like, it's amazing that you do this. This is healthy. This is good for us. And he says the same thing. And we go back and forth about how, you know, we appreciate each other opening up to each other. And I think that's a big thing too, you know, well, not just counting each other. Well, yeah. What you're describing is the levels of intimacy. Yes. And, and I didn't even right? know there was, I thought there was only one. Yeah, right. And you know which yeah. one I'm thinking, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And that's so common. I love that you explain this and you're noticing it. And so for those listening, learn about all those different levels of intimacy, verbal, cognitive, emotional, psychological, spiritual, all of those. And what each of you has spoken to today is your own journey into your own personal intimacy. You have each done the work by having beautiful conversations with yourself, by investigating your own dreams and hopes and thoughts and ideas and validate your own emotions. Like you have done the work on you first around those levels of intimacy. And like each of you have said multiple times, because you've done that, then you have recognized the healthy in someone else because of that. And that's the crazy thing, right? Is true intimacy. The paradox of that true intimacy is that unless you are completely open and vulnerable and risk rejection, it's not real intimacy. So really quick, I would love to know when, then we'll wrap up one last thing. How did you overcome that fear of rejection? You're like, that's a hard one. That's a big one (laughs) because that's like, that's your, that's probably what's my worst fear because dang, I'd been rejected big time and it about did me in, but I think it was loving on, honestly, I'm going to get a little emotional. It was loving myself enough 
to be okay with it. And I, I loved myself so passionately. And so um, I knew myself so intimately, like you were saying, it was, I had discovered who I was. And in that process, I, man, I freaking adore this person that I am. And I'm okay with being rejected. And I know it had hurt, but I know I will pick myself right back up and do it again. So beautiful. So beautiful, man. I just want to, I just want to hold some sacred space for what you just said, because that is not an easy place to come to. And it shows the work that you've done. And I really want listeners to hear from your mouth. (laughs) It's possible. That is absolutely possible. That's so beautiful. Janine, how did you navigate the fear of rejection to to be vulnerable? I mean, I still think it's there. You're going to, you're not going to be hundred percent, right? It's always going to be, I mean, the relationship I'm in, there's no guarantees. And once I understood that 50, 50 more too, um, I was willing to kind of understand that it's not all going to be, you know, ponies and lollipops or whatever. And that there's times that I'm going to suck at it. I'm just not going to be good at it. And that's okay being okay with not being perfect and knowing that even if it doesn't work out, I'm going to be okay. That I have enough worth in myself that I'm going to be okay. It's so powerful. I, I love that you use those words, Amy, of, I just, I want to hold this sacred space. As you've been listening to this, I hope that all of our listeners listen to this episode today, whether you're still in a relationship you're just starting the process of divorce, you're in the middle of divorce, you're post-divorce, you're ready for dating, wherever you are in the journey. I've heard so many beautiful things tonight about what it looks like to just heal. And I love those words of knowing yourself intimately, because when we know ourselves intimately, and that's a journey, but when we do, it makes it that much easier to be able to create the life that we want and that we're ready to step into. And I love that. Even if fill in the blank, I'm still going to be okay. What a beautiful way to live your life. And so again, wherever you are on your journey, wherever you are listening to this, please take what stuck out to you today, what you went, Ooh, I really want that. Or Ooh, I think it's time for me to do that and let that sit with you and make space for it and, and explore that get curious. So thank you ladies for coming. I know coming and sharing all of this with the world can feel really vulnerable. What a gift you gave to our listeners. So thank you for your vulnerability and bringing real and thank you all for listening and just being part of our conversation. So we look forward to seeing you all next week. If listening to these amazing women inspired you like they did me, and you're ready to move forward in your life, wherever you're at, I do have a couple spots left in my Believing in You coaching program that starts January 5th. For more information and a link to register, check out chooserecoveryservices.com in the show notes. Everyone at Choose is committed to helping you choose recovery, choose healing, 
and choose you. Take care, everybody.